tough gig. Right. Very tough gig. Um, I just realized I've forgotten something. Darcy, excuse me everybody, sitting on my desk upstairs is the Never Have I Ever panels. Can you go and get them? <laughs> All right. Guys, it's been a long day, all right? <laughs> so we're gonna play a game now. I'm gonna give you each a panel. <clears throat> and on one side, <laughs> one side, I don't wanna like spoil it for you, all right? On one side it says have, and on the other side it says have never. I'm gonna ask you a series of questions and we want you to hold the panel. And there may be some that needs a little bit of explanation, all right? A little bit of explanation. But can I just tell you, um, did you guys have a good Mother's Day? Did anyone get something special done? <laughs> <laughs> My husband was at church all day, so. <laughs> so here you no, are. it's okay. Don't worry, guys. Adrian. Don't worry. I'll get him out of the dog box. He did buy me a really nice skirt for Mother's Day yesterday. So. Oh, yeah, great. Yay. Come on. Clothing he is good. Is he good. did win. He did a day early. It's okay. Yeah, great. Day I got a back massage soon. first thing from my daughter. Back my massage. My favourite thing ever. Nice. It's free and it didn't cost a thing and it was great. And breakfast in bed. Wow. And a lovely gift that um, I think my four-year-old wrapped. <laughs> or maybe my husband, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> did you wrap it, Simon? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Kerry, did you get anything? My 10-year-old, my favourite child, I didn't say that. <laughs> she, um, she's the one that's really good, makes me look like a good parent. She knitted me a scarf. No that's way! Cool. That's Lena. impressive. Wow. So my mother-in-law's uber, super deluxe housewife and taught her how to knit while she was in Thames during the school holidays. So she sat in church and sat in front of the um, TV knitting me a scarf for Mother's Day. That is impressive. Yeah, and it's in my colour, so she knew. Wow. It's Mauve. You've taught her well. <laughs> Mauve. Um, my husband was very lovely. I've kind of had double Mother's Day, actually, because he let me have Mother's Day yesterday because Sunday's work day. But then he also took me out for lunch today, so that was nice. But one of the things he did for Mother's Day was he said to me after dinner, you go off down to the bedroom and just have some quiet time and watch something on your iPad or something, and I'll take care of the t kids and do the dishes and get them into bed and everything. And it sounds great, eh? Five minutes later, all three of them come into my room acting like zombies and try and eat me alive. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mum. Okay, so I've got the panels. All right, here we go. They tried. They tried their best. Okay, first question for you. Have you ever left one of your kids behind? Like, forgotten them? Not yet. <laughs> okay, Kerry, tell me the story. It was quite recently. I was having a really good day. <laughs> you know, you think you forget a baby, but she's four. But um, I was having a really good day. Everything was on, on time, and I was driving to school, pick up the girls from school, parked on my friend's driveway, and she said, where's Esme? <gasps> And I was like, oh no, I've left her at kindy. And my battery or my phone had gone flat, so I broke into my friend's house, she wasn't home, and to call my mum to go and drive to kindy to fetch her, but luckily she got there on time. But I felt really bad, because she's really cute. <laughs> I remember that day. Yeah, you were you came racing in late, but you never oh, mentioned that you forgot her. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, okay, next question. Uh, have you ever told your kids off and then realised it was something you or your husband actually had done wrong, like told them off for doing something and then you've caught. I feel like I've done that. Probably. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, have you ever accidentally ended a phone call with 
or a text message with I love you and not meant to. Or something similar. Oh, yep. <laughs> I ended a um, text message with some kisses to my friend's husband. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to like go back and say, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do kisses. It was just a like, I just a habit. And then I called my friend and I was like, I'm so sorry, I just sent kisses to your husband, I didn't mean to. And he came back and he was like, oh, I didn't even notice because I sent kisses to everybody as well. So I was like, <laughs> anyway. Okay, have you ever forgotten the tooth fairy? Kerry? No, I'm a good parent. Oh, um, me and you, Lisa. Oh, we, um, oh, with the first two, that was like, um, we were really onto it because, you know, the novelty. Yeah. Um, but Thomas is just nearly five. He's not quite five yet, and he lost his first tooth not that long ago. We've developed this really great scheme now where, because um, kids have bank accounts, that the tooth fairy, because she's so busy, um, she actually does an AP into their bank account. <laughs> and so the kids were really stoked, and even the big kids were, like, really stoked because they were like, oh, yes. And uh, Thomas was stoked because he has a, um, easy access to his bank account anyway, and he's not going to lose the coin. So that was a win in both ways from my yeah. perspective. So he didn't even notice that the tooth fairy had gotten No, on. we had a long note from the tooth fairy. She left a long note, and it was um, all around how busy she is, mm. and he was really um, sympathetic towards that. Yeah, as long as the yeah. cash was there, he was happy. Your, fairy, your tooth fairy sounds way smarter than my tooth fairy. <laughs> okay, have you ever made the mistake of assuming that someone's pregnant when they are not? <laughs> oh, Abby. Um, well, admittedly, the person did actually post a photo of their kid with, I'm going to be a big brother. So oh. I just assumed and then didn't say anything at the time but mentioned it later on and she's like, I'm not pregnant. And I was like, Ooh. So why did she post that? I don't know. Apparently it was a joke. So actually it's not really on me. It's a terrible joke. Terrible yeah. joke. <laughs> terrible joke. It wasn't my fault. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a good one. Have you ever hidden in the pantry or a cupboard to eat a chocolate bar so that your kids wouldn't steal it from you or wouldn't know that you were eating it? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All right, we got a little video clip to show you right now. Hello everyone. Welcome to our Becoming Your Mom support group. Uh, we have some visitors with us today. Welcome to you. My name is Mark and I'm the group leader. And I think we'll start by reciting our mission statement. We love our moms, but we are not our moms. We love our moms, but we are not our moms. Carol, would you mind starting us off this week? Hi everyone, I'm Carol. Hi Carol. I am the oldest of three roommates and I'm turning into my mom. I clean up everything after them. I've even started doing their laundry. I talk to myself in the grocery store all the time. All of my status updates are just pictures of kids. I don't even have kids. Same. Well, kids and recipes. The other day, I almost licked my finger and wiped the face of a total stranger. I keep saying words like garbage and tarjay. What is that? I'll send a text to someone just to let them know I sent them an email. Well, how else would they know? Right? I mean, these shoes were on sale. What am I supposed to do? Not buy them? I call my husband my son's name. And sometimes I call my son the dog's name. I always tell people, I'll be like two minutes, then it'll be like an hour. <laughs> whoa, whoa, take it easy there. Shannon already has a tissue. We really don't need to offer her one. I do. 
Did you see how they let the momness overtake them? So you may not be able to avoid becoming your mom, but the key is to let the beautiful things about moms shine through in your life. The kindness, the caring, the compassion, the qualities that God gave moms when he created them. Oh, like when I text my friends, LOL, lots of love. That's not what LOL means. That's what my son told me it meant. LOL, lots of love. What else would it mean? Anybody scared they're going to become like their mother? Does anyone like think to yourself, oh my goodness, I'm saying so This morning like I mom. said, um, my kids came in and they're like, happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. And then Connor, who's 12, said, which day, when is it Children's Day? And I said, every day is Children's Day. And then I thought, oh, this sounds just like my mum. <laughs> totally. Um, I don't, I always... I swore I never would become like my mum, and then I hear myself saying things all the time, like my mum. My mum always says, oh, well, it'll do for everything, even when it won't actually do. Like, <laughs> like it just, like, mum, that, no, you can't just say that for that situation, it doesn't fit. I say it now, all the time. Oh, well, it'll do, and, and then you go, oh, I'm becoming my, my, my mother. And I've got a couple of serious questions for you girls now. Uh, what do you find the most difficult thing about being a mum? Abby, do you want to go first? Should I start? <laughs> um, I think the most, I was thinking about this this afternoon, actually probably the most difficult thing that I've found in becoming a mum actually isn't anything to do with my kids, but it's what my kids have taught me. And um, actually it really pointed out my own insecurities as a person, becoming a mum. You know, that, you know, was I going to be good enough for my kids? Like, this week was Wheels Day. Who forgot Wheels Day? <laughs> Mum forgot Wheels Day. Steve Green forgot Wheels Day. But Steve Green was a good parent and went and dropped off the wheels. I did not. I sat at home feeling like a terrible parent. I did have a seven-week-old, though, so that was my excuse. Um, yeah, it really just brought out those feelings like, am I good enough for my kids? Um, before having kids, I used to be the person that liked to have everything together and um, didn't like to show like if I was struggling or needed help or something, but had that perception that I had it all together. And I think, especially when I had our second girl, Sienna, um, it really shone a light on that. Um, her birth wasn't what it was supposed to be. She came out not normal, um, as you would put it. Um, and it honestly sat through my mind, did I actually want to even announce publicly on social media that we'd had her because I couldn't post the perfect normal photo? Oh, wow. And um, yeah, it really just pinpointed that in my heart and um, really challenged me as a person that actually what's more important, like yeah. what God thinks I'm doing right or what people think. And um, actually the greatest gift that I can give to my kids is actually to be the best that I can and God will do the rest. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's probably been my biggest challenge as a parent is yeah. actually, hey, it's not actually about everyone else, but it's between me, my kids, and my husband and God and great. that partnership, yeah. Yeah, that's great. This isn't in the notes, but just interesting that you brought up the whole social media thing and being a parent on social media. Kerry, I know you are on social media a lot with your business. What's your like, 
philosophy in terms of what you put up there and how it, do you know what I mean? Like we can, like what Abby said, think, oh, you know, do I share this if it's not the perfect picture of what I think it should be and that kind of thing? Yeah, it's a hard one, especially, you know, I think with little girls, you're just so aware of, once you put a picture up, the whole world can see your picture. Mm. So I try not put too much up about my kids. Um, when it comes to, just to kind of back up what Abby was saying about being the perfect mum and, and giving the best of you, if I put anything up on social media, I like to be really real and kind of yeah. talk about the really bad days and Hayden shaved my legs for a week and da 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 and there's spaghetti all over the floor and living the dream, guys. And people love that. They just want to see real. And I think as women in today's society, we're always looking at social media and looking at influencers who have the luxury of being in front of a mirror all day, getting the perfect pose and the perfect lighting and hashtag look at me. Um, that really doesn't interest me. And I just think with my styling business, I, I'm very much about being the real mum and targeting real women and people just love that. Um, so yeah, I just like to be really real. And when it comes to my kids, like my kids want YouTube accounts and things like that. So I'm yet to kind of cross that bridge. My eldest is 10 and she's wanting to blog and do all this stuff. So I'm kind of, I'm yet to navigate that, but you just have to be so careful, eh? Because there are some real freaks out there and you just gotta be really careful. <laughs> I'm trying to be very Christian. <laughs> Not say anything inappropriate in front of my pastors. Um, so anybody you just be you, Kerry. You just <laughs> yeah, be you. Typical. So, um, like Daryl and Denise Booth, I'm going to sort of sit down with them because they've got three daughters also, but they're obviously older than my girls. So I kind of want to sit down with them and talk about social media and where they're at with it with their mm, girls too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Lisa, what do you find the most difficult thing about being a mum? Um, I think um, along that same line is probably your own expectations. Your, um, I think sometimes we are actually ourselves our hardest critics, and um, so your own expectations of, you know, how you thought, um, how you think your life's going to go, or how you think your children are going to be. I mean, we've all got three children, and you could probably all say that all my three children are, are completely different in different ways. And so, and again, I'm a different person. My personality is I like things ordered and organised, and when you have children, that's not always the case. And I think so sometimes looking at your own expectations and revising those. And and also like with social media, with anything, you are comparing yourselves to other people and how they do their life. And oh, look at them, gosh, they're at another social event. Far out, I'm still in my trackies watching Netflix. You know, and, and you, you have this nothing idea. nothing wrong with that, Lisa. <laughs> hey, but um, I think, you know, we have this perception that, you know, um, from social media, from what other people portray, and we compare ourselves, and I think that, going back to what Abby said about, you know, what, what, are, what are your goals, what are your life goals, how do you want your family to be, and come right back to that, and I think mm -hmm. that's hard in our society, but it's something that you've got to constantly work on, and, mm -hmm. and as your children get older as well, you know, they've got lots of external influences on them, and navigating those things, and how, how that outworks in the family, and yeah. Mm, cool. And what have you found has been something, like during those difficult seasons and even like Abby in your season with Sienna that you walked through, because you had to spend quite a bit of time in hospital with her and um, you didn't have family around, like your family, you were in a different city at that time. So how did you, and for each of you girls, how have you navigated through those really tough seasons? Maybe it was when you first, your kids first came along or through something that they've been through that's just been a really difficult season in your family life. Um, how have you navigated that? What's, what's helped keep you going in those seasons? Um, for me, I think 
yeah, just to share, like, just very, very short version um, for those of you that don't know us. Um, so Sienna originally went into preterm labour at 28 weeks. Um, we managed to hold her off until 35 weeks. And um, when she was born, she was on complete breathing apparatus. We got flown down by helicopter to Auckland here. We were still living in Whangarei at the time. And she's just gone through a journey of number of medical hurdles that she's had to overcome. So that's the journey we've walked out. Um, by God's grace, she's, you see her today, you wouldn't even really know that she's had anything yeah. go on. She's such a fighter. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was actually first, obviously, getting over that insecurity. <laughs> um, but actually opening up to people and saying, hey, this is what's going on in my world. Um, can you pray with me? Can you partner with us? We um, had a Facebook group that we, you know, we obviously selected who could be a part of it, um, but just sharing what had gone on in the day, asking like for people to pray for things and just partnering with those people around us. Um, we didn't have family in Whangarei at the time um, either, so it really was quite a journey for us. Um, yeah, probably the biggest thing though is actually just going back to the word. And for me, um, I love what it says you know, with the 12 spies that go and see the promised land. And, you know, they go in and they have a look and they come back and they report to Moses about what was going on. And, you know, 10 of them said, like, there's no way we can do it. Like, it's impossible. And then two, Joshua and Caleb said, like, let's go at once. You know, surely we can conquer. You know, and I think that's the thing that we have to come back to when we read the word of God, no matter what situation you're in, whether it's motherhood or uni or whatever you're going through, is that actually God's word resoundingly shouts overcoming and victory and that he's the God that hasn't actually finished like with where you are in the valley of shadow death, but he actually walks us through that to the mountaintop and that, you know, it's not actually over. The story's not over yet. And um, that was the biggest thing for me is just coming back to the word, you know, it's not over. Like God has victory. You know, God's gonna overcome this no matter if it doesn't turn out the way I want it to turn out, but actually God's in control. And at the end of the day, um, Sienna's life wasn't actually in my hands, but, and she, as much as she's my child, she's actually God's child first. And that he was actually gonna bring her through this no matter which way it was, I was still gonna lift my hands and praise God and right. he was gonna see her through it. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Yes. So good, yeah. Navigating the tough times. Mm. Uh, fruits of the spirit. <laughs> Trying to think about those things. Love, joy, peace, patience. Um, I think um, probably if we're gonna um, go into a bit of a history, like I, um, I grew up with my mum. My mum's here tonight, I won't shame her up, but, um, <laughs> but um, on her own. My dad left when I was really young, so um, my brother and I, we were raised by my mum, and she worked full time, and it was really tough when we were kids, and I probably think about, you know, things that, now I'm an adult, when I was a kid I didn't really, you know, kids don't really think about those things, but probably thinking about the tough times and I and, uh, just want to give credit to, you know, your upbringing, your family influences, because, you know, that has a huge impact about how you navigate the tough times, I think, as a parent, um, things you reflect on, and, um, you know, just being able to think about how I have an awesome support, my husband is an awesome support, and, you know, when the kids can be busy and they can be... Um, you know, trying and difficult and stuff. Um, you know, I think about my mum and how she navigated us as kids on her own, and you know that certainly gives me um, encouragement and strength. And um, 
I think that's made me the person I am. And so, um, you know, talking about before about your personality, you know, trying to be, you know, being a tough person or being, not a tough person, but, you know, being a strong person and, uh, you know, really looking up um, at the positives and trying to think, right, how am I going to get myself out of that? I think about, you know, things about I was taught when I, as, as I was growing up as a kid, and I think a lot of those things have followed me into parenthood. And then how I pass those on to my kids, but probably that's one thing. And also just, yeah, just family support, yeah. friend support, being able to, to um, have um, good friends and um, girlfriends that you can kind of just have a chat about different things that you're struggling with that are supportive and stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, I think as well, your spouse, you know, Simon's really supportive and, you know, we, we do a lot between us and, you know, the way that we can do a lot between us is that we can support each other and, um, you know, it's this, it's, it's back and forth all the time, it's moving, it's, you know, even last night we are having this big discussion about one of the kids and something that had happened that night and our different opinions on it and how we think we might resolve it and working together and, yeah, one of the, those kinds of conversations, but that's what I would say. Awesome. Kerry, what helps you? Um, just very quick little short story. Before we were 30, we had two small children and my husband lost a business and we faced um, quite traumatic financial um, hardship and we were facing bankruptcy and had to navigate that for a few years. And that's really hard because you feel like God's sort of given you this business and then it all goes belly up and you're like, God, what's the deal with this? You know, like you had a lot of prayer and you prayed and you believe you're gonna get through it and then you actually end up at rock bottom and you literally lose everything. And um, he had a bit of depression at that time and I had uh, postnatal anxiety and we're just in a really, really dark place. But we never lost our faith. We never gave up on our marriage. And there's a couple of times where I thought, oh, it's too good for this. You know, I didn't sign up for this deal. But we just really held on to the hope that God had brought us together for a reason. And we never, ever gave up, gave up on each other because there's no greater rich, there's no greater richness in life than having a really good marriage. Um, and being able to reflect that on our two little girls at that time. Um, but when we look back, you know, everything's all good now. We've come through and we've got some amazing miracle stories, but we don't have like a week to share them. Um, but looking back, I think nothing is a surprise to God. Yeah. Like he knew, he was like, Kerry and Mark are gonna go through that and it's gonna really suck for a few years. But we look at how we navigated it and got to the other side and yeah. we are far better people and our marriage is so good. We've got such an, um, an amazing marriage. Um, and we held on to family support. And for me, like I just love my friends. My friends are like my family. And these, I wish I could say I'd go to the gym and work out and eat chia seeds to fill my soul. But I'm like, I'm all what? about coffee you don't? and cake. <laughs> I just wanted coffee and cake with my girlfriends. And I just love to sit, eat cake, and just have my girlfriends just, um, just share their issues with me. Like I kind of, it's kind of depressing going on about your miserable life. But just to sit there and just be available to friends and just to kind of give back, even though you're at such a low point, being able to encourage, and I think that's why I got into what I got into. I started my business in the thick of that real hideous time. But being able to encourage people, encourage your friends, um, kind of um, distracted you from what you're going through and before you know it, you're out on the other side. So I'd say, you know, fill, fill your cup with what makes you happy and if it's coffee and cake, go and do it. Yeah. Right. And God. I love that. <laughs> and I love that in a really difficult season, one of the ways you overcame it was actually to give mm -hmm. to others. Like some, some of us would tend to go, oh, in a difficult season, I'm just gonna hide in my little mm -hmm. shell and hope that it all goes away. But yeah. incredible that you were able to turn around and actually encourage other people, which is... Yeah 
quite cool. And you mentioned something there, which I think is probably key to my next question, which is um, you all walk, you know, you've all got different, your mum life looks different, each of you, um, but at the bottom of it all is you. And if you're not healthy, then that's gonna suck for the rest of your house. So how do you keep, keep that um, balance, like that mum life, me life balance um, across your world so that you don't, um, you know, end up in a heap at the bottom of the laundry? <laughs> do you have anything that you make sure you're doing? Um, nothing gets done Apart properly. from coffee and cake? Coffee and cake. But, you know, I go to bed at night and I think, man, that was a really average day. I could and should have done this, that and the other. Um, and I think, you know, I think about the balance and everything. Everything is 80% done. Like the washing is 80% done. My parenting is 80%. My business is 80%. And I sit there and I think, oh, man, I should be doing this or I could be doing that or could be working more hours or could be investing more in my children. But at the end of the day, you, you can only do your best at that time. Yeah. And when I go to bed, I lie there and I think, you know what, I could be doing so much more, but the whole reason why I do what I do is to obviously help out financially, and I love, I love doing what I do, but it's all for my kids, and I'm, at the end of the day, I'm available to my children, and I just keep reminding myself that, that the kids don't need money and riches and houses and holidays and all of those lovely things, they just need me. And to be able to, you know, do the school assemblies and do the netball practices and do the homework, as average and hideous as it is, when you're trying to do it while you're cooking and your husband's away yet again because Mark's away half the year, um, and I just lose my biscuits all the time. Like, the kids just see me lose my biscuits, and I feel real bad. But then God, God's so good because I pray about it. And he says, yeah, but you're teaching them to be a real woman as well because one day they're gonna lose their biscuits and um, they're gonna say, you know what, it's okay because mum did too and she ended up being okay, I hope. As long as they don't, <laughs> as long as they don't lose the cake though. Eh? Yeah, no cake, no, no, no. <laughs> we need that for the coffee. I think it's, um, I think recognizing your limitations is a huge thing because uh, we can't do it all. Like, I totally think that, I think, and, and I think it depends on what your personality's like because a lot of mums, I think, are just, in the minds, there's always the to-do list, you know? It's always roaming around and kids are asking questions and being present is really important. So they're asking questions, you're thinking, where's that cycle? Is that PE uniform ready for tomorrow? And, and what's tomorrow? Is it wheels day? Am I forgetting wheels day? And, you know, things like that. And I think that... Um, you know, looking after yourself, I think it sometimes when you first start out, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but you know, you kind of give everything to the kids and then you kind of slowly realize it's not a sustainable model. And so you kind of, you know, you're moving through this mode of like what, you know, and I'm probably, uh, I'm a bit of a night owl, so I probably stay up just to reflect on the day and make lunches in a slow, succinct fashion and, uh, you know, reflect on what I've got to do tomorrow and stuff and, and, other self-care things, I think, um, probably since I've had kids, I've taken up running way more because it um, just purely for, you know, relaxation and mental health. And, and I think, yeah, putting limitations and, you know, knowing that, you know, your kids are only going to be small for a long, a short time and uh, work is always going to be there and there's always demands, you know, there's always demands from work, there's always demands from children, there's always the demands and you're the only person who can actually put in boundaries and say, hey, you know what, we're not gonna be able to do that today, and I know you wanna have a play date with him on this day, and you wanna go here, and you've got dancing, and you've got soccer, but what we're gonna do today is this, and sometimes it's not always met with enthusiasm, but, uh, but you know, you, you as a parent, you know, you know that, and you know, making sure you put those things in, the big rocks in first, and, and also that reflection, it is hard. I know when, you know, I first had children, you know, even having things like quiet times and Bible studies and stuff, you know, I used to 
think I was super spiritual and I'd be like, you know, praying for an hour every morning and, you know, no, not like that. But, but you know, now, you know, as soon as the kids wake me up in the morning and like I said, I'm a night out, not a morning person, so I'm like bounce out of bed straight away and it's usually late and I'm normally like, right, you guys got to get going, get to get going. And so my whole, you know, reflection and, you know, taking time to meditate on the word and, and different devotional things like that to try and, you know, balance things out. You just have to adapt it, I think, as a mum and you just have to go with what it is, you know, because it's like a roller coaster and different things come in at different times and you've got to just be flexible and work with it. Awesome. Abby, what do you do? Um, my world is obviously quite, yeah, crazy at the moment. I've got a seven-week-old, um, so he is up all hours of the night. <laughs> um, all the young mamas go, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, so, yeah, just going off what you were saying, I think you know, even in these crazy seasons, it's really important to still put your relationship with God first and that goes whether you're a mum or whatever you're going through and mm. just making it work for you. And for me, that is um, the first feed after midnight. Um, wow. I get my Bible out <laughs> and while I'm feeding, that is what I'm doing. The first feed uh, after midnight. Yeah. Now that <laughs> is a really quiet time. So it's usually about half past midnight. Um, yeah, but I just... I've got to do what works for me, and it's quiet. There's nobody talking to me. My husband's snoring next to me. It's all good. Like, that is my time to get it done. And you know what? It's probably the best it's ever been at right. that time. Um, listening to podcasts in the car. My kids don't get a choice. That's what we're listening to. <laughs> um, yeah, praise and worship music in the car. I mean, that's just what works for me, and that's what's filling my box right now. Before um, I got pregnant, it was running. I used to love running and listening to praise and worship running, but that's just not, you know, I'm not able to do that at the moment. So, yeah, that's just my way of filling my box at the moment. It's just making it flexible. Yeah. I think definitely what I learned when I was, like, became a parent was the way that it worked for me then is definitely not going to work now, but you've just got to find a new way. Otherwise, you just give up. And I think that's the same with anybody in anything that you do. If you had a way that worked and then you change jobs or you go to uni or whatever, um, you just have to find the next new way that you're going to connect with God because it might look different from that season that you had before. And that's okay. It's just going to look different. And then there might be another season and it looks different again and it changes. So it's so important, eh, to make sure that you find the way that works for you. We've just got one more minute. We're going to try and get through us all in one minute. So if you could just say one, like, sentence of something that we maybe haven't said yet, of what advice would you have given to your pre-mum self? So if you could go back and tell your before you had kids mum, before you had kids you, what, would, what advice would you give? Go easy on yourself. Yeah, just go easy. Great. Yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. And yeah, things don't always end up being terrible as what you think they might be if it doesn't go perfectly right. Yeah, just to relax and not be so over the top because you try and do it all perfect with your firstborn and follow the books and the rules and the routines and gotta, gotta, gotta. And then, yeah, by the time you get to your third kid, it's so much more enjoyable because you've chilled out more. So, yeah, I'd say just relax and just enjoy. Enjoy the nappies and the bliss of it all. Enjoy yeah. the nappies and the poo yeah. and the vomit. <laughs> enjoy your sleep. That's what I would say. If you are... Ch Amen. Yeah, enjoy your sleep right now as much as you can get all of it. Get all of it. Go to bed early, wake up late. That's what I would do, pre-mum self. Hey, 
Church, while the band comes up, can we just thank our three amazing mums for their incredible wisdom. Thank you so much, girls. Been amazing just to hear some of the wisdom that they've had. Church, would you stand to your feet with me? I'd love to be able to pray with you. You know, whatever season of life that you're in, whatever journey you're on, I think, um, you know, we can always learn from someone else's journey and from someone else's wisdom and, and glean from them. And um, I think it's so important that we're able to do that. And when we hear someone else's path and what someone else has been through, it really can be a massive encouragement to us. And I don't know about you, but I've been so encouraged by each of their stories. They've each had a different way of coming to pretty much the same conclusion. And that is, um, you know, just that you can gain so much strength from what you go through that to be able to give that and pass it on to somebody else. So we're going to close off with a song, but before we do that and don't go anywhere because we uh, we will do a song and then I'll get Steve to come back up. But can I just pray for you all? And uh, especially I want to pray for all the women in the room. Uh, whether you're a mum or not, I'd love to just be able to pray for you. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for tonight, God. I thank you for this day where we celebrate.